0: I'd like to welcome you to the ministry of McCormick's Creek Church. We certainly hope that you will enjoy this selection. Do what he wants to do. Amen? Amen. Alright, if you'll, uh, she can put up 2 Kings 4. We're going to get to Zechariah in a minute, but I just really feel like God's wanting to do something, and I'm going to let him do it, and if I get out, then he will take care of it. Amen? Hallelujah, Jesus. Follow along with me. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor has come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. Hallelujah. In other words, we wrote some checks that we're just not going to be able to pay. And for that, it's going to cost me my future. They're going to take my kids away from me. And Elisha said to her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything... In the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, "Go borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few, which would mean borrow as many as possible. When thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour out unto all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full." So she went forth unto him and shut up, shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels unto her, and she poured out. And it came to pass. When the vessels were full, excuse me, she said unto her son, "Bring me yet yet a vessel." And he said unto her, "There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed." All right, we're gonna we're gonna use this for a minute. (laughs) God help me. Um, There was a there was a problem, and she needed help. Does anybody have an issue and you need help with this morning? Just be honest. Can we be honest this morning? You know what's more frustrating than anything is for me to know that somebody's going through something and I shake their hand and ask them how they're doing and they tell me that they're fine. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. (laughs) You're lying. Right, Jeremy? You're lying. Hallelujah. So we're not going to do that this morning. We're going to be real for a little bit. She had a problem. She asked Elisha for his help. She had no idea how he was going to help her, but he knew That if she talked to the right person, that that God would make a way where there was no way at this point. This was getting very scary for her. She was about to lose everything that mattered to her. So she needed help. Hallelujah. So this morning, I've got three people in my mind that need help this morning. I need you to be honest and tell me that you need God to make a way where there's no way. I don't want to know what it is. It's none of my business. But I need you to be honest and say, yes, I have a situation and I need God to make a way. Will anybody be honest? Three of you. Now you guys got to fight it out till there's three left. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm gonna let Sister Cook be one of them. So I need you to come down here for a minute, and I need two more people, honestly, that have some a situation that you just need God to. You get. You may be seated. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to stand. Hallelujah. Two people. Now I know I. Scared you, because five people went up, and I, that's more than two, so you scared me. All right, Sister Roxanne, is there anybody else? One more person that you just, you really need God to, to make a way where there's there's no way. Just be honest. Very good. All right, you stay over here. I need you to separate. I, I, I'm glad that you guys are united, but I need you to split up. Now, here's here's the thing. Elisha said, go collect as many vessels as you can. Go Go to every neighbor, every person's house. Didn't put her on a time limit. Just said, go get as many vessels as you can and come back. So she sent her sons out. They collected as many vessels as they could. And then the oil began to pour, began to flow. And then when all the vessels were full, there was no more more vessels that said the oil stayed. That means two things. First, it didn't keep going. It didn't go into something that wasn't there. But at the same time, it didn't go out. It didn't leave. It stayed. It stayed where it was meant to be. So now I need full cooperation from everybody in here, except for these guys. If you believe that God can take care of these situations, even though you don't know, the neighbors didn 't know why she had gotten the oil they, did, they didn 't understand their, what that didn't it didn 't go into great great thought and uh, trying to figure out what we were going to move forward with. They just knew that hey, they have a need i 've got some vessels here you go, just bring them back when you 're done. Does that make sense to everybody? so if you believe that God can take care of these situations, I want you to come and stand behind the person that you believe for. In other words, you're willing to give your empty vessels in this situation. And then we'll divide it up the best we can at that point. Hallelujah, Jesus. And I don't want you to come because everybody else is coming. I only want you to come if you're going to be willing, Brother Davis, to give your vessel to your neighbor for just a minute and let her keep her family. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, I was going to do this on the Sunday night, and I was praying about it, and God said, no, let, let's do it this morning. So I'm just going to be obedient, and we're going to let God do, some, do something special this morning. So any, everybody else that's up here, other than those three people, you're agreeing that, that any blessing or any, any, any availability that you have of anointing and power and greatness from God, you're, you're, you're going to willingly give to, the, to one of the three people. Does everybody understand that? You agree with that? Okay, and by doing so, they're going to receive more than just a a typical blessing that God would pour out for for them or their families.
1: Hallelujah, Jesus.
0: The idea was that you have to get uncomfortable, like I am right now. Do you know how stupid I feel right now? You have to be willing to to go out of your, your comfort zone, your home. It would have been so easy it had been so easy for Elisha to, to create vessels out of nothing and fill the oil up without ever leaving the house. It had been so easy for her to, him to just tell them, it's going to be alright, I'll, I'll take care of this. Who, who is the bondman? Let's just go straight to the, to the problem and I'll take care of this. But he didn't. He made them get out of their home. He made them go to their, their neighbor's house. And even though the neighbors might not have known every little detail, they knew that there was an issue. They knew that there was a problem and it had to be taken care of as soon as possible. So everybody in the situation is uncomfortable. The people that are the, the, the lady and her kids are uncomfortable, and now the neighbors are uncomfortable. What's going on? They got questions now. What's happening? There's a difference between being uncomfortable and being confused. See, God has the ability to move in our uncomfortability, and confusion doesn't come from God. It comes from the enemy. So we're not confused this morning. God knows exactly what He's doing. And God knows that each one of these three ladies has an issue that is beyond any of us. And by standing up here this morning, all we're saying is, is that God, there, there's, there's a problem and we need, we need some oil to, to start moving. We need you to start moving in this situation beyond us praying about it on a daily basis and just waiting on God to do something. And this morning, God is going to move in a very, very prominent way. And it has nothing to do with me. So let's make sure everybody's clear. Neil, this is not me. This is, this is God. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And what I want everybody else to pray other than the three is that, God, I want you to take every blessing and every bit of anointing and every bit of power that you've given me, and I want to put it into their house. All of it. Everything that I've got. Even if it's just a little, I know that my, my vessels and my anointing is so much less than his. I, I, I understand that. But if you take a bunch of lesser people and you put it together, now you, now we've got something. So no matter how small your anointing is or how, how important you feel this morning, there, every one of us have got a measure of faith. Every bit of us. And us exercising that creates more, and you guys understand that. So this morning, everybody that is behind somebody, I want you to... This is your prayer, God. Right now, I am asking you to take every bit of anointing and every bit of power and every bit of... of Anything that I have ever gotten from you, and I'm going to give it to this person that is in need. And the person that is in need, the three people that are in need, you're going to accept it. The, the sons went out and they got them, and they accepted They accepted the vials, no matter how big or how small the vessels were. That They took them because they needed a move from God. So everybody, other than the three, you're going to give everything that you have to that person, and I know this is weird because normally we're giving everything we have to God, right? God, everything that I've got, I give everything back to you. But in this case, you're going to give it to your, your, your sister. And then all the three sisters, you're going to accept all the vessels and all, all the anointing and all, all the vials. And until all of it's out, and then it's going to stay with you. It says that the oil stayed. It didn't, it didn't, get, any, didn't get any more and it didn't go anywhere. It stayed. It stayed, and then she was able to sell that oil, make the money, and keep her future. Now, I know that you're not going to take the anointing and try to sell it. You can't. God says to buy this and sell it not. (laughs) So all you're going to do is accept it. God, I accept this, and I'm going to use this, and, and the anointing and the power that you've given me from my brothers and my sisters is going to change this situation, not in 30 years. Pastor preached about Haggai last, last week, and he talked about the promise. It, it took 30 years to come to pass. Yeah. Yeah. And some promises, you guys have waited for a long time, and they're going to come, but it's going to take a while. It took Abraham from the time he left the Earl of Chaldees 30 years before he got to the mountain.
1: 30 years.
0: But in this situation, she was able to sell the oil and save her family immediately. Right then. Right then. Right then. Hallelujah, Jesus. And these guys are going to help me. And we're going to pray that God transitions all of the promises and all the oil and all the power to these people. And then, when God does this, soon it's going to change the whole layout and the whole framework of our church. It's just going to start something small. And there's other things that are happening financial. There's other things that are happening. But this is going to let you know that we are doing what God wants us to do and we are going in the right direction. And things are going to happen. And this play is going to do something. And RBD is work. You understand what I'm saying? There's things that are going on that that aren't going the way that we think that they should. So this is going to change that. Because you're willing to give and they're willing to receive. How many times have you not felt worthy of what God was doing for you right then? Anybody ever received a miracle or something from God? And immediately your first thought was, oh man, there are other people that need this. There are other situations going on that are more important than mine. And yet I'm receiving. But not this time. You're going to willingly receive what God is doing, and God is going to do some awesome, awesome things this morning. And I know this is different. I know it's Sunday morning. We're supposed to be teaching about Zachariah, and we're going to do that here in just a second. But right now, we're going to pray, and we're going to pray the best that you can. And if, if you're back there, I just I just want you to reach your hands forward and just pray God's will. Just pray God's will be done. But right now, God is going to transition some things.
1: Hallelujah, Jesus.
0: All right, so I want you to help me pray right now, God. Right now, in the name of Jesus. God, you know every situation. You know the need
1: of these three sisters, God. And you understand, God, that this is beyond them, themselves, God. And this is the need that they are needing done, God. And right now, the brothers and the sisters in the church are binding together, God. And they are willingly giving, God, their anointing and their power and their strength, Jesus, and their talents and their abilities. They're willingly giving their vessels to these three that are in need, God. And this morning, these three ladies, they are receiving God. They are receiving all of this power and all of this anointing and all of these vessels, Jesus. And God, right now, You're transitioning the oil, God. You're allowing the oil to change and to move from from this person to that person, God. And right now, this morning, God, I ask that Your will would be done, God, and that You would just allow the anointing and the power and the oil, God, to flow freely from, from one of these people to the next, God. And I pray this morning, Jesus, You'll just allow it all to transition, Lord. Allow it all to move to the next person, Lord. I pray this morning that a mighty move of Your Spirit, God, would just begin to transfer, God. Allow our faith to be made whole, Lord, and that Your will would be done, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus, I pray, God, that you just begin to do the impossible this morning, God. That you just allow the transition to take place, God. Lord, I willingly give everything that I have, God. All of the oil, Jesus. And all of the ability, God. All of the knowledge, Jesus. All of the vessels, Lord, that I possess, God, I willingly give to my sisters that are in need right now, God. And I pray, God, that they would accept Him this morning. I pray that they would accept, Lord, what You're doing and what You're trying to prove this morning, God. Right now, Jesus. Allow the transition to be complete, Lord. Allow it to be complete this morning. Oh, I believe Jesus. I believe this morning that the that the miraculous is taking
0: place right now, God. Hallelujah,
1: hmm. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus.
0: Alright, the next step was that they that they closed the door. Hallelujah, Jesus! That the woman and her kids that they that they closed they closed the doors, which means that they closed the anointing in.
1: Hallelujah, Jesus!
0: Hallelujah! So all the neighbors they closed the doors after the anointing and the vessels had left, right? And then they come back to their house and then they closed the doors and kept the anointing in. Hallelujah! So while she's praying, let's just keep praying, and I want you to just just pray, God. I've given. I've given my vessels, I've given my anointing, I've given my oil, and now I'm just going to close the door. I'm just going to close the door and we're going to move, move forward right now. And the ladies that have received it, I want you to close the door on the anointing. Close it in. Lord God, I ask right now, Jesus, that I've given and I've, I've, I've allowed every vessel that I have to be, to be borrowed for just a little while, God. And I've allowed my anointing and my power, Jesus, and all these vessels,
1: Jesus, to to leave my home and enter enter into these that are in need, Jesus. And God, I'm just going to close the door for a little while. I'm just going to close it out, Jesus. We're going to move on, Lord, and I ask You, Jesus, that You allow those that have received it, Jesus,
0: to close it in. To close it in this morning, Jesus, and just receive it and just accept it
1: and just bask in the anointing and the power and the oil for just a little while in their house. And in their home, God. Ela <laughs> Hallelujah,
0: Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Then the next step was that they they took the oil and that they sold it. And she was able to make, make enough money to keep to keep her future. Now this, now now it's it's spiritual. It, she, you're not going to better take this and go sell it. You can't. But what you can do is you can have another transition with God without, without any of this. Just you and Jesus. And this is something that you get to do with nobody else. She closed the door. She closed the door. It's just her and her kids In her situation. Hallelujah, Jesus. And as good as it feels right now and as, as, as awesome as God is, this is something that has to be done without anybody else. Now, Now, these three ladies are going to have to go outside of this place and go somewhere where there's nobody and just transition all of this oil and all this power and all these vessels to God. And when you give it all to God, then God's going to to repay the situations and, and take care of everything. Does everybody agree with that?
1: Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hmm.
0: Let's just wait on Him for just a few minutes. Lord, I thank You, Jesus, for moving in this place, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Without You, none of this would be possible, God. Without Your mercy and Your grace this morning, Lord, this would all just be a demonstration without any, without any transition, God. This would just be a waste of time for all of us, God. But through the mercy and the grace... Of You, God. All of this is possible. All of our needs are able to be met, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Through You, God. The impossible is possible, Lord. Through You, Jesus, that the, the intangible becomes tangible, Lord. Oh, let's just let Him out of the box for just a little while, God. Oh, Jesus, in Your presence is fullness of joy, God. Oh, Jesus, peace that passeth all understanding, joy that's unspeakable and full of glory, God. Oh, move in this place, Jesus. Move in every heart, God. Bless all those that have given this morning, Jesus. Beyond themselves, God. Bless all those that are willing to come out and get out of themselves and just give You all the glory and all the honor and all the praise this morning, God.
1: Oh, God, our actions this morning have forced You to make a reaction, God, and move and lead and guide this morning and allow Your will to be done, God. Oh, I pray, Jesus, that You'd bless
0: every one of these people in this place this morning, God. Allow Your will to be done, God. Hallelujah. in Jesus' name, let's respond for a
1: moment. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, but you are here, God. But you're right in the middle of all of this, Jesus. God
0: wants to escort He has to
2: escort you. This is what the tongues was about as well. He wants to escort you across the river to the promise that he gave you. That promise he gave you was about five years ago. And he will walk with you, and what you will consider to be deep water, he's going to tread over the top of the water, and so will you. And you're going to go, and you're going to have that promise fulfilled that you've asked for five years ago. That's what God wants to that's the statement to him. He has given it to you twice here, and out of the mouth of two or three witnesses,
0: let every word be established. Let's just wait on him for a little bit. If you feel that you're that person, you need to just walk around the church. Yes, yes. In Jesus' the name. Dei loro romori c'h'ondroro la quasi attara la
1: vocicita. Dei
0: loro romori c'h'ondroro romorizia la la vocicita. Dei la 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. See, this needs to happen more and more and more. To me, in my measly mind, I think of us being in the minor prophets, it would be crazy for us to not have prophecy. (laughs) It's, It's not of God for us to spend time studying and going through any of the prophets. Hallelujah. Or any of the any of the proverbs and and things not happen. And things not happen. Sometimes we gotta do this. You just gotta look silly. We gotta do things that aren't the normal way we would do them, to allow God to to break through some some of the junk and and allow things to take place the way that God wants them to take place. Hallelujah. In the last couple Sundays and Wednesdays we've done just this. Not to this degree, but we've we've stopped. Stopped the music and we just we just pushed for a little while. And two weeks ago, pastor was able to just stop where we were at and just go into a a certain direction. And he was able to speak into families and do different things. That should be something that we do every week. That should be something that I look forward to. Brother Browning is just coming in here and just, who is he going to prophesy over today? Who is he going to speak into today? And not just him, any of the ministers. There should be us, we should break that stuff up to where they can just move freely through the Spirit and just be like, this is what's going to happen, Neil. This is what's going to happen, Brother Manley. This is what's going to happen, Brother White This is how this is going. I know that you're going through this, but now this is going to happen. And this is where you're at right now, Sister Cook, but this is where you're going. And that's, we should be able to live in that atmosphere. Amen? We should be able to just, just bask in that every week. And when people, new people come they should be able to see that and, and, and see that, okay, this is not like the other churches that I've been to. And even the ones that have been hurt by people that had the same name that we have, they should better come in and recognize the difference. They should be able to come in and be like, okay, that was that, was that church or that was that family. This is, this is different. Nobody in here is perfect, and I'm, I'm not saying that that's what... But we need to strive for that. And when people who have been hurt by us or people that have never, ever, ever been in a situation like this come in, they should be able to see the difference. They should be able to see the difference. Not only better see it, but if they can see it, they're going to better feel it. There's something different here, Brother White Knight. I, I like this. This is what I like. This is where I want to be. And thank you, because you guys are the ones that are allowing this to happen. You're the ones that are allowing us to break down all this junk and allow pastor and different ones to be able to say, Okay, this is what we're going to do. Or tongues comes. The last three Wednesday Sunday mornings, we've had this. Why? They don't just come because we're all here and we're, we're holy. It comes because we've come in and we've broken stuff up and we're allowing the Spirit to, to move forward and allowing God to say, okay, this is what I have to say. And then pastor can, can elaborate and say, no, not only that, but this. Not only that, but also this. And that's what makes living for God Awesome. Is the ability to do just this, to get out of all of that garbage and to break all this stuff down and then this is what we're gonna do, and this is what you've been going through, and not anymore. Now this is what we're going to do. And yes, I believe that uh I believe the million dollars, I really do. And when we're ready for it, and I was talking to Sister Robertson, and she actually was the one telling me, she said, When the church is ready for it, that's when we'll receive it. Not not because we just we just pray about it and we keep walking around the circle, and not because uh Time is always something that God loves to use on us. Years and years of waiting and patience and promises. But when we're ready for something, that's when God is going to allow us to receive it. And by coming in here and not allowing it to just be another Sunday morning or not another Wednesday night, that's when God's allowed to do what He's doing this morning. Because you've made up your mind, Brother Eldar, I'm I'm not going to make it be just another Sunday morning. No matter who's teaching or what the song is, this is not going to be another Sunday morning for me. It's going to be something different. It's going to be something very special. So thank you for allowing God to break this stuff down, to do what he wants to do, and allow pastor the freedom to say what needs to be said. Because we, we stop that. I, I stop that. Pastor's got, I've seen him do it. There's times when he's wanting to go a certain way, and the whole church like, Oh, no, go over here and say that. And he does. He does. He goes where we allow him to go. So he stops and he's got to come over here and he changes the changes the thought and goes a different way that we're allowing him to go, and I don't want that. I don't want that. We worship too hard. We do too many good things for him to not better say whatever needs to be said, or for any any man of God or woman of God to better say this is what this is what needs to be said, and I, the church is allowing that to be said, and that's exactly what Zechariah did. Speaking of the minor prophets that we're going to preach about, teach about, and let God do what He wants to do this morning. Hallelujah. So you may be seated. Thank you for, for helping me and being, being open to allow God to do what He wants to do. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And most of, most of the people in here that, that have had, you've, had, you've had kids, you've, some of you got grandbabies, some of you got great grandbabies, there's very few things that are more important to you or close to you than your, your kids, your children. And uh, that was what this, this, this lady was going through that come to Elisha was just that, that she was about to lose what was most important. Some of us can give up certain things. You might not like it, but you, you can deal with it. But there's some things that we just, we cannot do without. And one of those things is, is your family. It's it's the people that are sitting right beside you. Hallelujah, Jesus. I found it very very awesome, if that's okay to say. I hate using that word, but something very, very important to me is when God said that He would stick closer to me than a brother. Hallelujah. That relationship and, and then I call every man in this building my brother and that God would even stick closer to me than that why he would use that that scenario why not a mother i mean there's nothing more more uh, bonding than a, than a mother and her child why would god use that reference well because there are things that that's just it's just there's there's things that only how can i when it's a mother and a child it's it's all one way it's it's all from from mom to the baby does that make sense the baby's not giving anything but happiness and 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 you know enjoyability, right? The baby's not giving... Mary, your your baby, she, little guy's not giving back at all, is he? Hallelujah, Jesus. But a brother, a brother, it can go both ways. And it has to. It has to go. It has to go both ways. Hallelujah. Now Zechariah, he uh, he was the younger of the two. We we talked about Haggai last Sunday morning. We're talking about the the temple being built and and the elders were were mourning and upset about not only not having the temple, but now this temple is a lot smaller, and it's not near as nice as Solomon's temple. And There's a lot of things going on, but the younger, the younger were excited, and they were, they were joyful. And sometimes it's hard to tell tears of mourning and tears of joy, depending on the situation. So this caused a lot of confusion, and God doesn't work in confusion. So then there, then there had to be a, a time when they stopped. They stopped building the temple for 15, 15 years. Hallelujah, Jesus. So we've got to create a balance between the younger generation and the older generation. There's got to be, there's got to be a balance because if there's, if there's not a balance like there was right here in Israel, that creates um, a stop of what God's trying to do. It, it, create, it pushes, it forces God to say, all right, well, we're not going to do this because I'm not going to work in confusion and that's all that's happening right now is just confusion and I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of that. So we have to create a balance between the, old, the older generation and the younger generation. I don't mean to call you old. I don't know how else the latter and the former. I, I don't know how to, how to put it to where it's not disrespectful. Um, but there's obviously multiple generations in here. Some of you are, are older than the other generations. That's the only way I, I can say it. But there's got to be a balance. There's got to be a bridge between generation to generation. And that's exactly what Zechariah was. Haggai, when he was getting older... He was, on, he was on the, the latter end of his, of his prophetic ministry, and now Zachariah has come onto the scene, and he's going to be the one that bridges that gap. He's going to be the one that, that connects the two generations. Hallelujah. And I'm really glad that he did. He was able to do some to do some amazing things. He did uh, he did so many things in a very short amount of time. And as Pastor has said, the minor prophets don't mean that they were any less then Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, they, they, they were just as important. They did just as much for Israel. The difference is, is that their books are just, there's less being written. They covered a lot less area. But they were still just as effective and they did just as much for Israel as, as any, of the, any of the major prophets. Uh, some background on, on Zechariah. He was born in Babylon of a priestly family. He returned to Jerusalem with Zerubbabel, which we were talking about last week. And nearly 50,000 other exiles, including the prophet Haggai, you can read that, read that in Nehemiah it indicates Zechariah had succeeded his grandfather Edo, who was the head of this particular priestly family hallelujah Jesus Zechariah's father is Berechiah, who is the son of Edo, and he's just zechariah he was just in this huge lineage of just great moves of God in a very uh priestly family now who who was born in this
1: who
0: who was born and raised apostolic from from birth no You've not known any other way but this way. Six out of, out of 40. Eight, 10 out of 40. So some of you know what it's like to not grow up under church pew. You know what it's like to, to experience things of the world. And you, 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 there's nothing you can do about it now. Zechariah, he knew what it was like. He was in the temple all the time. His family were, were, were in, this, in a situation to where he had no other choice but to grow up. around God and things of God all the time, which proved to pay off very, very greatly uh, as as his life went. At this conjunction in Israel's history, which we just went over some of this, Haggai was an elder and Zechariah was a young man, and it is possible God paired this older and younger man to knit for the common cause of Israel. And not only in Israel, but it's all type and shadow. We have to be able to do this today. Have you ever been into a church where it almost seemed divided, Brother Manley? Where all the people that are a certain age and above acted a certain way, and everybody that was a certain age and younger? It was, it was almost like there was two churches in one church. And that's not of God. That's not the way that God had set this up. There's got to be a gap. That is, there's always a gap. So there's got to be somebody that's willing to, to bridge that and to keep... Because it's all—we're all in here for a reason. Anybody just want to go to heaven? Anybody not? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Need, it's hard to even really study it and to look at it because it's—it's it's a scary, scary place. To not have the mercy and grace of God in my life—it scares me. That's a scary place to be in. And to know that one day He's going to pull all of that out of here, and the people are going to be here without that—it's scary. So we're all in here to get to a place where that's not at. To where you can live with Him and be with Him forever and ever. And even if heaven wasn't heaven, even if there wasn't streets of any of that, I just want to be with Jesus. I just want to be with Him forever. I don't want to go to that other place. That's why we're here. To do whatever we can to not go to that other place. Hallelujah, Jesus. But in a church, it's got to be, we've all got to be on the same page. We've all. There's got to be that balance and Zechariah was able to do that in a very very bad time for Israel. He was able to continue on with what Haggai had started and had said and uh, his his prophecies had overlapped and it just it was all really coming together for Israel. And Zechariah is the first one to make mention of the Messiah. He was the first prophet to really get into this 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 coming Messiah that was going to save all of us. And uh it was it's just really really exciting. There's a there's a small story in here I want to I want to read to you because a lot of us get on this, and Pastor touched on it, but so many of us have our own opinions about the tribulation and how it's all going to work, Brother Davis, when are we leaving? You're going to be pre-trib or mid-trib or post-trib or, you know, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen. There's so many that spend more time in Revelations than any other book in the Bible that they miss out on so many good things of God, and you've got to argue with them and fight with them over what's really going to happen. You know what I mean, Neil? You ever been there? It's not even fun anymore when it gets into that. But this guy he tells a story to where they were out of this conference and this guy was actually talking about end times and uh it wasn't Brother Baxter. It was a it was this is a non denominational situation. But they got into the argument about the tribulation and when we were leaving and how we were leaving and what what uh what scriptures you have to defend, you know, your thought, your idea. And uh it got down to where the, the conference, the guy that was running the conference, his wife actually stops the conference and said, listen, here's the deal. It doesn't matter if you're pre-trib or mid-trib or post-trib or where you feel we're going to go and how we're going to go and what we're going to go. Well, all that matters is that you're ready when it happens. All that matters is that you're ready to go when God decides to stop this thing. That's all that really matters. Now, I'm not saying, Brother Davis, you can't have an opinion about it. But what I am saying is, is that, your opinion doesn't matter if you don't make it. It doesn't matter if you were right about when you leave in the tribulation, but you don't make it to heaven. What did you What did you gain by that? By being smarter than me now, and now you didn't make it to heaven. How, how did that help you at all? It didn't. It doesn't matter. So yes, I want you to have opinion. Study it as much as you want. But the idea is to make it to heaven. Regardless. And that's all Zechariah was doing. He was trying to set Israel up to where they could be right in the eyes of God. Hallelujah. Because that's all that we're trying to do. I just want to be right in the eyes of God and do whatever's necessary. That's why I love the Halloween bash and all the other things that he does, because it helps me, because I don't have all the answers. Sister Tuttle, I wish I did, but I just, I don't. So, and I get stuff every time that we we teach on that or go into that or find something that he doesn't. Think we should do. I want to listen. I want to be here. I make my kids come in and listen to it. Why? So they don't just hear it from me, that they can understand there's certain things that we do not take part of. There's certain things that we just, we're not going to get into. And with that being said, I'm not going to argue with any of you if you like to do those things. It's not worth it. Hallelujah, Jesus. But Zechariah, he was so good and he, he had the ability to not only gap that, that generational difference, but he was able to bring balance. And the way he brought balance was his ability to bring the Messiah into it and to start talking about what was coming. Well, this is coming, so we need to be ready. This is coming, so we need to make sure that this is right and this is right. And even though this isn't the way it normally went, this is how we're going to do it. And he did such a good job. So it doesn't matter. We can have opinions about this and that. But at the end of it, if you don't make it to heaven, you gained nothing. To be the smartest man in the world and and the whole world recognize that would be great. But when the rapture takes place and the smartest guy's still here, what did he gain I would rather I'd rather this world think I'm an idiot and make it to heaven I would rather be ignorant of so many things and make it to heaven than to, to to be the richest or the smartest and not make it and this generation is struggling with that they just want to be right they just want to have all the answers and to be able to do this and to do that and and to make this alright, and to have the prestige, and to have people look at you and think good things. I just want to make it to heaven. i got to keep it simple. Can we keep it simple for me? I just want to make it to heaven. And that's what Zechariah was doing. He was, he was trying to take what he had learned and what was important to him, and to change the way Israel and Judah was doing the things that they were doing. And he did a really, really good job. So his first rule was a call to repentance. When's the last time you repented? Honestly, I don't want you to raise your hand. I want you to think about it. Sister Dean, when was the last time that you honestly repented? And I don't mean casually as you're walking through the halls before you get to the sanctuary. Oh, God forgive me. I want to be ready. I mean getting on your face and knowing that you're not perfect and that there are issues that need to be taken care of and you taking care of it. When was the last time that you did that? That's what Zechariah did. He called them to repentance. And he did that through a warning. Zechariah 1 and 4. Hallelujah, Jesus. Be ye not as your fathers, unto whom the former prophets have cried, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye now from your evil ways and from your evil doings. But they did not hear, nor hearken unto me, saith the Lord. Does anybody know what hearken means? They didn't hear. Was, Was not hearing not enough? Could you not have said, but they did not hear? The Lord, and that be good enough. They did not hear nor hearken unto me, saith the Lord. What, is, what does hearken mean? Any of the great theologians, help me. Brother Tony. Very good. Very good. It's hearken is extreme attention to. So not only did they not hear, but they didn't even pay attention. How scary would it be is if, if pastor got up here and said something and you said, and you didn't, you didn't even, you didn't even listen to what he said. In other words, you guys are doing your, your, your fathers are, are horrible evil men who didn't listen. They didn't hear. They didn't pay attention to anything God was saying. They continued in their evil ways. So there, was, there, was, there were some serious issues going on. Now I know all of us have our problems and we think a certain way about ourselves, right? But right now in Israel's day, he, they weren't any better than, than we are. They were struggling. They were going through things. They were not listening and not paying attention to what God was trying to say. That's a very, very scary time. It's scary when you can come in here and listen to what is preached and it doesn't affect you in any way, shape, or form. That's, that's scary. That's when you know something's wrong. It's one thing to, to not forgive, and you know that you haven't forgiven them. We talked about it last week. And every one of us have had somebody do or say something, and, and it's hard to forgive them because they knew what they were doing before they did it, which makes it harder to forgive them. But that's way different than to be able to come in here and sit on the man of God, and it doesn't even affect you. When you know deep down inside your spirit that he is preaching and giving everything that he has to change your ways. So that you have an opportunity to make it to heaven. And that's where Israel was. They wasn't, they wasn't listening. They didn't even pay attention to what God was saying. And now Zechariah, he had this great burden of trying to get them to listen. Why, why do you get to a place to where you stop listening to something? Brother White Knight, what would cause you to stop listening not not just here, but in in, in life. To where to where somebody says something to you, and you don't even it doesn't even matter to you. You don't even pay attention to it anymore. Very good. Very. <laughs> just come in one ear and write out the other. It just doesn't doesn't matter anymore. And you've heard it so many times. You've heard it so many times. How many times has someone come to you with a problem or an issue and you've heard it so many times it's just, you just you're just you to that nod in your head stage. Like you hit that button that just shakes your head to where you're listening, but I, I don't care about anything that they're saying, but yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's when you know you need to repent. Hallelujah. All right, so we get to this. Zechariah is at this place to where he's dealing with, with a lot of ungodly, evil evil people. And evil doesn't necessarily mean that that you're, that you're bad. Evil is just simply not doing what God is wanting you to do. So if God's told you to do something and you're not doing it, what is that? Now we want to call that disobedience. It's rebellion, which is evil. If God is saying something to you, I suggest you... Do it. Because if you're not, you're evil. And I mean that as nice as I possibly can say that. <laughs> you're evil. It's it's rebellion. It's that's exactly what it is. And what does rebellion lead to? Witchcraft, which we're going to talk about here in a couple of weeks, aren't you? Hallelujah, Jesus. We need, to, uh, we need to hearken, we need to hear, we need to pay great attention to, especially now. Is anybody worried about the future of our world, our country, our state? Does it just scare you to look at anything anymore? Right now, more than ever, we need to be the ones that hear, and we need to be the ones that hearken unto the voice of God, more than ever before. And if there's not some urgency inside of you, you need to get it. You need to pray, God, help me to be that way to where every day, it's, it's an everyday occurrence. Hallelujah, Jesus. Alright, so He called them to repentance. He sent out the warning saying, Listen, your fathers and the generation before was a certain way, and if you don't change, you're going to end up the same way. Hallelujah. God had sent Israel and Judah into captivity because of their wicked actions, and they had obstructed His divine purpose. Hallelujah. Thus, the revolution points of Zechariah's audiences were, were the ancestors of folly and disruption in the land they had created you just you have no idea how powerful that you are you have no idea what what good or evil you can cause if one person will just openly defy authority others will follow others will follow but in this case when everybody's defying authority if one person will stop and start listening and following others will follow it's just it's just how it's how we're we're built. It's how we are, we're made to uh, to follow whatever trend is happening. and we try our best not to, but but we do. That's how we, that's how we do it. So if we'll just all agree, let's just let's just follow the way of God. Let's just do what God. Then others then others are going to follow. And that's Zechariah's idea was stop being like like your fathers and other people. Let's let's do this for who you are. So it went from calling them and, and warning them. Of repentance to to a cleansing process. Zechariah saw the vision of the high priest Joshua in Zechariah three and three, and Joshua was full of filthy garments. So even though he was obeying and even though he was listening and, and following the way God wanted him to follow, there was still an uncleanliness about him that had to change, and that was that's the next step. That after repenting and changing your ways and and deciding to follow the way that you should, there's got to be a cleansing process. There's got to be a change of clothes, if you will, to change, change the way that people see you, change the way that you see yourself. And that's, that's so so vital. Joshua's cleansing signified the removal of the iniquities of the land. If Joshua was cleansed and accepted, the nation would, would be also. So obviously it starts with the leadership. If the leadership is right and the leadership is cleansed and we're moving forward, then, then we're allowed to follow suit. But if Joshua would have not, then God would not only have rejected Joshua, but he also would have rejected Israel. It's just how how God works. In Zechariah 1 and 6, the people returned under the repentance. They listened. They hearkened. They heard the voice of Zechariah. But they also heard other voices. didn't take Nineveh very long to fall back into their ways after Jonah had done what he did. didn't take very long at all. Now, they listened right then. Why? Because he... Let them know what was going to happen. You're going to die. You guys are going to die. There's going to be a great, a great destruction here. And all of you guys are going to be destroyed. It's amazing when you bring life and death into it, how your, your choice changes. If it comes down to a matter of life and death, that might alter your choice a little bit. When you hear that somebody was in a bad accident, your first thought is, are they going to, are they going to live? It's not the details of the car. Your thought is, are they okay? What what's broken? What what's wrong? Are they going to make it? Are they going to live? That's that's how we that's how we we live. So when someone says, if something doesn't change, you're going to die, then normally we'll change how we're doing things. And that's what Zachariah had to do. He had to make it to where they understood that repenting and separating yourselves not it's not enough. There, there's more to this. There's so much more that we're not understanding and that we're not grasping. There's places that God's wanting to take our church that He can't because of us. There's, it's, it's more than just crossing the Jordan, and that's, that's where we ultimately want to go. But there's promises, and there's things in God that we'll never get to as long as we stay where we're at. So we all have to agree that it's time it's time to move. The far-reaching implications of Zechariah's vision serve to encourage the workers, has anybody ever had tongues and interpretation and felt discouraged? Jonathan, have you ever felt that? No matter what is going on in a service, when tongues and interpretation takes place, you can feel a shift in the spirit. Why? Because not only is people's attention being drawn to that, but some, you, you, you want to know what's going to happen. There's, there's a curiosity there. There's an encouragement there. There's something that changes. Not any of us have ever heard tongues and interpretation and been discouraged. It doesn't, it doesn't work their way. There's encouragement in that. No one hears the voice of God and gets discouraged. You might not like what he says, but it's not discouraging. Why? Because you're hearing from God. If he takes time to allow tongues and interpretation to go forth, that means someone in here put forth an effort to allow that to come to pass, which is encouraging. That's encouraging for all of us. So Zachariah had to allow what he said next to be encouraging even though he was reprimanding them. He had to have the the ability to say, no, you're not right. We need to do this instead of this, but at the same time encourage them. And the way that he did that, it was through the temple, was through what they were building. It was where they were going. There's nothing more encouraging to hear somebody say that, that change is coming. God's going to bless the church. He's going to we're going to have increase. We're building a building. This is happening. We're going to go to the Tivoli. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. It's, it's encouraging to know and, and to, get, to look forward to what God's going to do. And that's what Zechariah did. He had the ability to not only let us know that that might not be right. Let's do this. But he had the ability to encourage the people by talking about the future. What's coming? Well, we know the future. The rapture. That's encouraging. You look around and this world is... Is a very desolate, ungodly place. I will say that the media has the ability to spin things into a much more negative way than what they really are, and there are still a lot of really good people out there. There really is. All, when the, when the officer got killed, all they wanted to talk about was all the negative, all the ne- and then they would throw the word hero out there. But it was all just how terrible this this the the area and the situation is. Nothing about how unbelievable this man was and what he, what he had brought to the situation. It was all the negative. So a lot of times, especially now, it's, it's all it's all negative. You never hear any of the positive, which is why we have to. When somebody does something, there, should, there, there shouldn't be any, any question. Good job. Thank you. I, I, did it, I did it earlier. Thank you for being sensitive and, and listening to what God, because through that, more of that is going to come. It's all in that. It's, the, it's, it's to have the ability to encourage and to lift up. And that's what he did. So we're going to break down his, his, his vision. and We're running out of time. Um, anyway, uh, Zechariah gets a vision from God. There's four horns and four craftsmen. Uh, this symbolizes the downfall of the nation and, the brutal, and how Israel was brutalized into captivity. If you don't hearken, if we don't listen to God, we get punished just like any child if he doesn't listen to his parents he's going to get punished for that it's the same way it's the same way for the church if we're not adhering and listening to what god wanting to do we're going to get punished for that we're going to get punished for that it's it's vital that right now more than ever that we stay out of out of that side and that we continue on um Jerusalem and saw around them the, the sparsely uh the sparse I don't even know what that word is how, um, how desolate and uh, how small Jerusalem had come. Compared to other nations, it was just a very small nation, not a lot of people. But Zechariah's vision showed them that their, their borders were going to be expanded. That, the, that what they owned was about to double and triple and to get bigger. And that was also encouraging. He had the ability to say, listen, what you have now is not, it's not final. This, this, isn't, this isn't all that you're going to get. There's more to come if... You'll repent if you'll get clean and if you'll adhere to what God's trying to say. My favorite thing about Zachariah is that he keeps it simple. He doesn't try to try to blow their minds and, and teach them stuff that they don't understand. He keeps it simple. Listen, if you'll repent, turn away from all of the uncleanliness. If you'll quit being like your the the, the men and women in the generation before you, and you'll listen to God, he's going to expand your borders. He's going to make you more than what, what you are. He's going to make you my favorite scripture. Second Chronicles 7:15 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray <laughs> Do you know if you are God's people or not Raise your hand if you're God's people That's the first thing if my people So if we know that we're God's people and we'll humble ourselves and pray At the very end of that he's going to heal he's going to heal their land he's going to broaden what they are If we have the ability to humble ourselves and pray and to seek his face and that's what I was saying last Sunday about Praying God's will. Too many times we we get off track, and we start praying what we want God to do in that situation, and that's okay. You're human, and that when it's family and it's people that you care about, it's easy to do. But at the end of it, if if God's not doing what God wants to do, it, it's we're wasting. It's a waste anyway. So that's why it's got to be focused, and it's got to be what God's wanting to do because He can see the end from the beginning, and His ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts higher. Than our thoughts. So if we have the ability to stop and say. Listen God I want my borders to be expanded. I want to cross Jordan. I want to do this and I want to do that. So let your will be done. In this situation. Let your will be done. The four chariots and the four uh, compass points. In the eighth vision. Assured the workers that someday the Messiah. Would come and that he would be declared. Lord in all the earth. One day every knee will bow. And every tongue is going to confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Does everybody agree with that? One day it's going to happen. But until then, can you encourage yourself in God enough to do what He wants you to do and go where He wants you to do to where one day He is able to do that? And guess what? When that happens, you're already going to be on your knees. It's already going to be, it's already going to be set up to where, because you were able to do God's will, it changed the whole layout for us and our church. And that's where we're going to go. And that's what we're going to do. And Zechariah had the ability to do that. He was able to encourage on top of encouragement Zerubbabel, which Pastor talked about last week, he was in charge of getting all these people out of exile and get them to where they're going to build the temple. And he his job was to encourage them enough to come with him. How many times do you know God is leading pastor into a certain way and your first thought is, I don't want to go there. That's going to bring more prayer, that's going to bring more (laughs) you understand. There are times, even in the spirit, you want to. Your flesh is like, I don't want to do that. Let's just stay where we're at. This is comfortable. Let's just stay here for a little while. I worship. I come on Wednesdays and nobody else does. Let's just stay here for a little while. And pastor's like, no, let's go here. Let's push into this area. And in your mind, your first thought is, I really like where we're at right now. So he has to have the ability to encourage us to go there. So while he's doing that, he's got another man in Zechariah, which ties into all the ministries. Brother Hill has to do the same thing. I've got to do the same thing. Brother Fox has to do the same thing. Brother Eldar has to do the same thing. The teachers, the Sunday school teachers, have to do the same thing. They have to encourage on top of the encouragement. It's just constant encouragement. You're going to get a lot out of a kid if you encourage him and tear him down. And as much as he hates it, I see it every Saturday, watch these little kids play football, and you get a coach that's yelling and screaming at him, and then you've got another guy that his job is to do nothing but build the kid back up after he gets tore down. It's, it works in all aspects of life. We've got to be able to have the ability to encourage. One of the coolest scriptures in the Bible I did not know was in Zechariah. Zechariah 4 and 6. And I'm, I'm done. We're going to read this together. Then he answered and spake unto unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. There is a lot of us that are trying to do it without the way God wants you to do it. Does that make sense? Satan had the ability to take down just about everybody. If I can remember in Scripture, I can't remember anybody that didn't go through something Samson, strongest man in the world, he went through his little time. David, one of the most spiritual men, he had his downtime. Abraham, the, the father of the faithful, he lied and he had his downtime. Because they're trying to do it on their own. They're trying to do it on their own. Samson, they tried telling him, stay away. Stay away from Delilah. No, I can do this. I've got this. David, everybody's going to battle. I'm going to take a break. Every one of them. Every one of them. Abraham, he tried to... He thought lying would be better. When is lying ever better? It's never better. It's never better. But it's not by might nor by power, but it's through the Spirit of God and Him only. Zechariah's ability to bring forth the promise of a Messiah was the biggest key to Zechariah's success. It wasn't the call to repentance. It wasn't his ability to encourage... It was, it was his ability to, rec- to allow the people to recognize their relationship between them and God. And, and by doing that, the Messiah is going to come. And we're, we're no different. Our relationship with God is the most important thing. And one day, through the encouragement of God, and the encouragement of all of us with each other, we're going to see him. You're going to see Jesus one day. You're going to be in heaven one day. If you'll do just a couple, there's just a couple rules. There's like 2,000 pages. Just a couple things. And if you'll obey them, you'll get to see Jesus. How encouraging is that? You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't go there. But, how, but you get to see Jesus. Is it worth the sacrifice? Is it okay to say that I'm not going to go there and I'm not going to partake in that if I get to see him? That's how Zechariah had to show it to Israel. Was Listen, you're, you're, you're the generations before they tried it. And God destroyed them. He took every one of them down. You're reaping the benefits of what your father's put you in. And because of that, something has to change. Now let's build this temple and let's let God do what God wants to do. And when we do that, the Messiah's going to come. And he's going to change the whole layout of all of this. And one day Jesus is going to come back. And He's going to change the whole layout. And we're going to be with Him forever and ever. And it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. Amen? All right, will you all stand with me? Hallelujah, Jesus. I just wanted you to get it in your head that we're just we're going to start doing things differently. Just just get it in, just tell tell the person beside you from now on, we're going to do things differently. <laughs> Why? Because we're going to start encouragement. And I can, I can prove it. The three, the three ladies, how many of the three of you, are any of you discouraged now having done what we did? Are you just, you just depressed? The spirit of depression has overtaken you and you're not even going to get out of the building now. No. No, because they were encouraged because of what we did. There was encouragement there. We've got to allow that. The hardest thing to do. In this life, is to go through something and pray and pray and fast and pray, and nothing happened. It's, it's discouraging. It's one of the most discouraging. It's hard to see how God thinks. It's hard to see the timing of God. But this is this is how this is how it's different. This is how it's different. It's having the ability to trust and to know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's having the ability to, to know that I'm in a terrible situation and there's no way out but through God and He's not doing anything. But tomorrow's going to be another day, and tonight's going to be another night, a different night, and we're going to have a wonderful, wonderful time in God. Hallelujah. Thank you again for helping me this morning. I, I, want to, I want to better do that. I want to allow God to do what, no matter how stupid I feel. I want God to do what He wants to do, and I want to be encouraging and to not be like the generations before. Hallelujah, Jesus. Anybody feel like we're going to have a good time tonight? A good, good service. Who's preaching? You going to try it? Greg is? Okay. All right. So today, I want you to pray for Brother Sebastian. Can we do that? You can do that. We're going to pray that God's will be done tonight. Hallelujah. And we're going we're to be encouraged, and we're just going to allow God to do some wonderful, wonderful things tonight. Now, the three that we prayed for, when God takes care of it, I want to I know. Because we are going to, we're going to unleash some, some faith in here. Where's Sister White? Sister White, Her grandson's four, and I'm, I'm, I'm closing with this. Her grandson's four. He has had so many complications and so many things go wrong. We've prayed for him over and over, and she's got him on the prayer line several times. And uh, if he gets sick, if he gets a fever, he has a seizure and, and just bat just, and then it just compiles upon that. A little while ago, he, he got a fever and he had a seizure, and that seizure was so severe it put him in a coma he's four. And she put she called and put him on the prayer line and not very I don't know how much time how how long how long was it 2 weeks? About 2 weeks he was he was in a really bad shape. And then they let Sister White know, he's out, he's crawling, he's he's having a good time. He's excited. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. So I would say God is a healer. But some would say, "Well, well, why did he take 2 weeks?" You see the difference? It doesn't matter. He's okay. And I trust God to do whatever He's going to do. And He's going to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that we can ask or think. So the three of you, when God takes care of this, and I don't mean just a little bit. I mean when it's taken care of, I want you to tell me so we can, we can let everybody know. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's raise our hands all over this place. God, I ask you, Lord, to move this morning not only in the three that we we prayed for, but everybody, God. Bless every person in this building, God, for giving and letting You do what You wanted to do this morning, God. I pray, Lord, that we do not lose this as we leave, God, that we bring it back tonight through prayer, that we come early and pray, Jesus, and prepare this place and create an atmosphere of worship and praise, God, that You would receive all the glory and all the honor and all the praise and that You would be encouraged and that we would be encouraged, God, as we move forward in Jesus' name. And everybody says... Amen. God bless you in Jesus' name.